You are listening to Ink and Pad Podcast, Poetry for the People. Right on, y'all. Our Father who art in heaven, you gave poetry as my gift, so thine will be done from my tongue on paper as it is on the mic. And lead me not into vulgarity. Please deliver me from self-gratifying lines. You own my stanzas, my metaphors, and hyperboles. Allow me to spit with the power of Samson and to deliver with the tenacity of the woman at your hymn. I'm a conduit. I pray your words to saturate souls. For thine is my pen, my iPad, and my notebook, both now and forever. Welcome, 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 welcome to Ink and Pad Podcast Poetry for the People. My name is Kaya Tana. I am so stoked for this opportunity to just have good, wholesome fun and introspective discussions about poetry, to introduce fun facts, to share my poetry, just However God leads this to go, that's the direction. Uh, I want to give an honor to God, who is the head of my life. For without him, I am nothing. I am not a poet. I am just a speck of dust on this earth. Um, So shout out to God. Um, Shout out to Melvina Neal, owner of RML Radio, Real Music Live. I... I'm grateful for you for this opportunity. I appreciate you. God is good. Um, the opening poem was inspired by Matthew 6, 9, and 13, what is considered the Lord's Prayer. Everybody all over the world know it as the Lord's Prayer. Fun fact, uh, Luke 11, 2 through 4 is a shorter version of the Lord's Prayer, and this is a perfect example of perspective when writing poetry. Two different disciples who witnessed Christ saying the same thing, but recorded it differently in their own way, in their own books. One of my favorite exercises when I was a student of the Vibrations Vibrations Poetry Workshop in Inglewood, California. Shout out to Food for Thought and Socks. Hey, y'all. Um, they would set out objects on the stage or on the table somewhere in the in the room, and uh, we couldn't move from our seat to get a good look at everything that they set out. We would have to look at it from our vantage point where we were sitting and write a poem based on what we saw. I now incorporate this exercise into any workshop that I do, any class that I teach for poetry because I really think it gives the poet a different angle on how to attack one topic. And it's something that I incorporate in my own writings, um, not setting out objects or anything like that, but if I'm inspired by something, I will quickly um, take that topic and literally turn it over in my mind, like in all different angles, just to see how I can approach a topic and you know write the poem from that perspective so yeah I fell in love with spoken word listening to a McDonald's commercial I go into detail a little bit in the in episode two of Ink and Pad but 
I fell in love listening to a McDonald's commercial featuring poet Reggie Gaines. And I remember going back to school the next day. Um, I was attending Los Angeles City College. And I remember asking all my friends, I asked teachers um, in the Pan-African Studies Department. Um, I remember asking them, uh, what style of poetry is this? Because I knew it was poetry, but I didn't know the style. And I was trying to mimic the style uh, to anybody who would listen, trying to find out what's the cadence, you know, because it was the cadence that drew me. And uh, I remember I was bugging everybody about this. I asked uh, Professor Ely, Miss Brown, all my friends, anybody who would listen, the librarian, anybody who would listen. And finally, like the next day, because I just could not get the information I was looking for. Because mind you, this was early, early, early 1990s. You weren't just Googling something or even Netscaping something at the time, because that was the first search engine. Um, Netscape was the first search engine I knew about um, before Google came along. Along, And uh, I remember, I remember, uh, <laughs> some of y'all too young to know about this, but um, the Dewey Decimal System here in the States, how we looked up things in the library, child, you had to go to this, uh, <laughs> you had to go to this, like this, a, a drawer system or shelf or something and have these long, narrow drawers with thousands of index cards that were typed out um, that had, and, and there were corresponding labels on each book. And you would have to take this card. If you found the card in the drawer, that meant it was in the library. So then you'd have to follow, you know, what aisle it was on, you know, what shelf it was on, and uh, you would go find whatever it was you were looking for. I remember a friend telling me, oh, finally, oh, that's like Gil Scott Heron. So now I'm like, who's Gil Scott Heron? And he was like, you know, the poem, The Revolution Would Not Be Televised. Now, the only way I had even heard about that poem was watching What's Happening. Yeah, I'm dating myself. I am dating myself. And um, I remember them mentioning in an episode, I don't know what episode it was, but I remember that was my point of reference. I was like, oh, okay, the revolution will not be televised. Okay. Um, so I went to the library and I looked it up and they had a cassette and we would have to borrow. Um, we couldn't take the cassette home, but we would have to borrow um, a tape recorder and listen to it. And I put on the earphones and I'm listening to the revolution will not be televised. I was like, this is it. I felt like I had struck gold. Child. And I was like, this is it. Okay. Spoken word. That's it. How do I find this? How do I learn this? What do I do? And, uh, and I remember I kept trying to find out, I was asking, different individuals who I thought would know how to learn spoken word. And I remember I was in Lamert Park. Um, I was, I don't even remember why I was over there, but I was walking down Degnan. And uh, if you're from Los Angeles, you know the Crenshaw District area. Lamert Park is like the black mecca of Los Angeles. Um, very artsy area. They're trying to gentrify it now, but 
we buying that up right now. Anywho, that's a whole nother topic. But um, I remember I was walking down the street and this guy I used to talk to, um, I ran into him and um, he told me, yeah, you know, I'm going to this writing workshop over here. Now, mind you, because it was like he and I was cool, but it was like, I didn't really trust nothing he said, right? Ugh, I was so silly. And he was like, yeah, I'm going to this writing workshop. And I'm like, what you know about writing? You know, writing what? You know, this is in my mind. Because had I said it out loud, I would have been led to the water that I was seeking to drink from. I later found out. So, and he was like, yeah, over here. You know, he never said the name, but he was like, yeah, over here, there's a, a writing workshop that I'm going to, you know, and I didn't think to ask questions because I was like, I didn't really want to talk to him. I just ran into him, right? I later found out it was the World Stage Poetry Writing Workshop, and World Stage has major history, and it re immediately reminded me praying uh, the story about praying for being rescued and the Lord send you a boat and you send the boat on. <laughs> that was a quick lesson on dismissing people. Don't dismiss everybody because I was looking for a way in and it was right there and it didn't circle back around for some years later. Yeah, that was crazy. But thinking of it that was that was yeah that was crazy but anywho i later fast forward to fast forward i you know began to learn about spoken word and you know hearing about different uh little workshops here and there and so but i could never find out what night it was on and this that and the third so i just began you know writing poetry and doing it myself doing what i thought was spoken word you know i would when I went to Cal State Northridge, I went to Cal State Northridge and I would do poetry um, on campus for different programs. I would do poetry in my church, um, uh, organic watered down version of what I thought spoken word was. And you know, it, it was what it was for that time, right? And uh, I uh, fast forward to 2006, um, there was a show on MTV, I believe it was, Ice Cube's Black White. And it's actually made a resurgence lately because there's some controversy. And I don't know why people so up in arms about it, but that's another topic. Because um, it was a social experiment for that time. But it was while watching that, one of the girls in a poetry workshop. Um, ran by now I know to be Poetry Smith I was able to Google <laughs> so I Googled I believe I Googled was it Netscape or Google anyway I looked it up on the internet and found out he had a workshop coming up soon and it was like West Hollywood something like that and I was living in South Central still um, the class was like 250 something like that and I was so excited. I was so, I was stupid, dumb, excited. I'm running around the house. I'm about to be in a poetry workshop. I'm about to be in a poetry workshop. My mother was like, okay, be in your poetry workshop. But 
I saved up the money. I braided hair because that's how I made my extra income. I braided hair. I saved up for this workshop and I applied online for this workshop. And uh, I remember sitting in class for the first time with Poetry Smith and Duran. And that's his wife. Shout out to Poetry and Duran. And when I tell y'all, it's like I can feel it now, the excitement of sitting in that class. Like, I'm about to learn how to do spoken word for real, for real. One of the first poems I wrote in this class, um, it was a prompt. We had to write down um, what you are, like what I am or what I am not. You know, me being extra, I wrote both. Uh, and the post, and the poem was called, I Am Not. <laughs> and I actually have it right here. It says, I am not slothful, lazy, gluttonous, or incessantly hungry. I am not diabetic, asthmatic, or unhealthy. I am not big boned, big draws, and I'm not anyone's big mama. I am not weak in the mind, lacking willpower, or lacking self-control. I am not chronically lonely, nor am I desperate for love. And no, I am not going to look any better losing those five magical pounds you insist will make me sexy. I am none of these things so freely associated with the woman of my size. I am a strong woman, voluptuous, God-fearing. Baby, there's no need to worry about my sexy. I may appear larger than the average size, but I have nothing to hide. I make no apologies for me or for what you see. I radiate confidence, pure and uncut. And so what? I have a belly. I was blessed to have born a child. And as obvious as my flaw may be, understand this. That finger you're pointing at me, know that you too have flaws that need examining, that may need to be shed, some poundage cut, character issues that may need to be nipped and tucked and sutured and camouflaged. And why is it when I speak and think highly of myself, you see it as me trying to convince myself and being in denial with myself? If I'm not comfortable and in love, with myself as is, I will not adore and love myself as will be. So you see, it doesn't matter what you think or how you think it of me. I go to bed and rise with myself on a daily basis. I love me some me. It is not your life mission to try and show me otherwise. If you can't see the beauty in me and know that I'm more than a Jimmy Choo shoe and a black, a bare flat waist, riding your jock all up in your face, get to stepping. Excuse yourself from my presence. I am strong. I am big. I am cuddly, a good friend, nurturing and healthy. And yes, I am sometimes hungry. I stand tall with pride, dignified, a child of God. It doesn't matter my size because at the end of the day, I am a woman. That's that piece. (laughs) And I remember being so excited about writing my first spoken word piece and I remember our homework for this workshop was to present, you know, this poem or whatever poem we chose out of the, out of the course of it. I think it was like a four week class or something like that. And at the end of it, we had to um, present at the poetry lounge, which is the longest running um, poetry venue. 
I think in America, I want to say, don't give me the line, but um, yeah. So, and you know, a lot of poets, great poets, I've come out of the poetry lounge at the time they were housed at the Fairfax um, Theater. I think it's called the Fairfax Theater at Fairfax High School. Um, why do I feel like that's wrong? Because it is wrong. It was the Green Greenway Court. I think it's called the Green, yes, the Greenway Court at Fairfax High School near Santa Monica Boulevard. And I remember because um, Poetry used to, Poetry Smith used to um, host the venue with Sheehan. And um, I remember getting up there and everybody was so supportive. And I thought I had my poem memorized and I arrogantly got on stage and was like, it's just like singing because, you know, I sing as well. And, you know, it's just like singing. I, I get up here in front of these people now. I do my poem. Child, listen. <laughs> I got up there and midway through my poem, I choked. I went blank. I forgot everything. And I had to pull my poem out my back pocket, literally open that paper and finish reading the poem. And I felt so defeated and dejected. And for years after that, I want to say like three to four years after that, I became a incessant student of spoken word. I was in everybody's workshop, took multiple workshops from poetry. Um, I ended up taking, um, later took workshops from Shihan. Shout out to Shihan. I consider these people my foundationals. Um, then I met Aisha Parker and I want to say as one of poetry's uh, workshops and she was telling me about vibrations which is ran by food for thought which was ran by food for thought and fox in inglewood and um inglewood california and i kept telling her i was coming you know and for whatever reason i wasn't coming at the time but i finally showed up actually no that's not how that went i ended up she had a product aisha had a product um called spoken word versus her Spoken word voices heard poetry slam. Um, it was a woman's poetry slam. So <laughs> I won't say coerced because that's a strong word, but she drugged me kicking and screaming into the competition because, you know, I was scared to death because I was traumatized from the poetry lounge and choking on stage like that. And, um, you know, I'd had, at this point, I had years of like two, three, four years of, um, of training so to speak under my belt but i was still i was afraid y'all but um she got me into the she got me into the competition and i ended up winning child i'm like shut your mouth shut your mouth wide open child so i ended up winning in 2012 this was 2012 so it was after that that i ended up coming to uh, vibrations and I was in that workshop for two years, I want to say. No? Yeah, for two years before I ended up meeting Danny Harrison, Daniel H. Poet. Um, I had met him in a workshop. I think, again, it was with, it was at, I want to say it was at the Greenway Theater. It was a workshop 
out of there during Ink Slam, I want to say. I remember meeting him. He was the first one there, actually, and I remember coming in. And I met him, and we got to know each other. And later on, he told me about his church doing a um, a poetry slam. And I'm like, what? But hey, it's a church. They're doing poetry. Shut your mouth. I'm there, okay? Fear set in, and I'm kicking and screaming like, I don't want to do this. I'm going back and forth. I don't want to do this. Okay, I'm going to do it. I don't want to do it. Finally, he blessed me out in love, like, don't make me pray a selfish prayer. I'll never forget him saying that to me because that was the funniest thing ever because I tried to pull out of the competition. And I'm like, Mm-mm, no, no, ma'am, no, sir, not doing this. But again, I won. And I remember I went ahead with it because rent was due, literally. And I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm about to earn this rent because uh, I need this money. And I'm actually going to insert both audio clips right here. This is Paula Sordor, and you're listening to Ink and Pad, Poetry for the People on RML Radio, where real music lives. Listen and be inspired. This piece is called Realization. Ladies, ladies, I'm speaking to the ladies. You're worthy, so worthy. I promise you're worth it. Ladies, ladies, I'm speaking to the ladies. You're worthy, so worthy. I promise you're worth it. It is time we understood our values. Okay, if you're that one that has it all together doing your thing, cool. Right. This is not for you. This is for the self-doubting, self-loathing, shame-faced, brow-beating, drug-addicted, self-abusing ladies to consider self-love when every time Dick and Tay-Tay weren't enough. (laughs) Understand that you're more than your circumstances. That you're more than a depository for his seed. You're more than a punching bag. And baby, you're more than a pin cushion for this week's drug of choice. Stop allowing your uterus to be used like a clown car. Take it in Hunt of prey. Dehydrated of metaphoric isms, these animalistic yearnings. 
beans pushes residual conjunctions through my pores, causing white hot thirst to burn like vile. I need to write. Adjectives metabolized from the burn of this feverish need. Looking for the ink in my pen to catapult my high My pen is not fast enough to keep up with this desire. Yo, I fiend for it. Hey, yo, candy man. Palabra Jack. Palabra Jack. Ali Ali Oxen free. Uh, <laughs> any chat is like searching for a collapsed vein. I gotta find one that works. Wow. This here thing be calling me. Got me searching crazy, high and mad low for that hit of inspiration. Periods and commas are not enough. It's a three second hit for my paper, but it can't sustain me. I need Please to the heavens, I pray I heard I'm sweating lost ampersands and semicolons. I've got to <laughs> Dude, tell me who you're Is it the Bible or a book stand or the notes on the back of your hand? Man, I read your t-shirt. Okay. It's all the same grade. I just need some syllables and phrases to spark something. Anything. Lady. You got spare pages. <laughs> right. Yes, sir. Everybody, look at look at Akila. She like syllables and parallels and so both of the poems you heard from those clips were both poems that I did in the Turn Up the Mic Poetry Slam at Greater Zion. One was called Realization or the Cookies, the first one. And then the second one was called Diary of a Wordsmith. I ended up winning. Like, really? So even though they were local slams, I never, I never set out to be a slam poet. I just wanted to be a spoken word poet. I never set out to compete but i ended up loving competing like that and i was gearing up to compete in like bigger slams but i just never got around to it literally never got around to it i was impressed about it but i said if the opportunity came i would do it ended up lying to myself because when ink slam came around like two years later and i saw an opening to do it i chickened out try <sighs> I regret that decision. I wish I had done it. But at the time, I just chickened out. In this poetry journey, the spoken word journey, you know, I was fearful in a lot of things. But at the same time, it's something I love to do in which I want to encourage anybody listening to me, step out and do it. Don't follow how I went about it. And, you know, I double dutch my way in and out. You know, being fearful, being not fearful. You know, poetry is, especially spoken word, but poetry in and of itself is a very vulnerable spot to be. Um, especially if you're going to share your poetry, you have to be vulnerable and be willing to share. You know, you know, I'm pushing my way past the fears of poetry, ergo, ink and pad. So um God on faith and just, you know, do what God gave me to do with my poetry. Um, my purpose for this podcast is just to just good organic discussions about poetry. You know, even though my church um, provides an excellent platform for faith based poets 
to, you know, speak what's on their heart and reach a generation that may not want to hear the word of God, may not want to discuss topics that are going on in the community because we discuss some of everything. We write about everything and, you know, we're not vulgar. We don't curse in our poetry, but it's basically up for grab. I'm actually the facilitator of the Descendants of David Poetry Ministry. You know, we're pretty edgy in that aspect, but we do keep it, you know, we keep it respectful at the same time, if that makes sense. We make sure that we're not being crass or being, you know, we're actually crafting the poem. You can't just come in there talking about you're a poet just writing down stuff and calling it poem because you wrote on the left side of the page. No, no, we got to craft that thing. You have to have a purpose behind what you're saying. Every word has meaning. When you write poetry, it's like painting in words. You know what I mean? It's, uh, you, you, you ain't going to feed me crap and call it candy. That's what you're not going to do. <laughs> and I know it's a lot of controversy around that. How you going to tell me well, that my poem is not a poem? Okay, fine. Amen for you. But so, yeah, this is me. This is what it is. This is, this is ink and pad. Yes. I will always have a segment called What I Am Reading. If you're new to spoken word, if you know, just to give you something to start with if you're new to it or if you do not have different books in your collection, you know, maybe something I share you don't have and you can go out and get and support the artist. So the book I'm reading right now, I'm actually beginning this book, is called Finna, F-I-N-N-A, Poems by Nate Marshall. It was published in 2020. Nathaniel A. Marshall by Random House Books. And I'm excited to see, you know, what treasures are beheld in this book. Yes, I talk weird sometimes. So I say words like beheld and what. <laughs> so no disclaimers, but you know, it is what it is, baby. It is what it is. So did you know that Five books of the Bible are considered books of poetry. That would be Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon. Or now they're calling it Song of Songs. I don't know who changed that, but y'all better leave the Bible alone. So to wrap this episode up, again, thank you guys for hanging with me, for listening to my story, my journey, and I pray something was said that bless you that encouraged you that my story any takeaways from my story you know what to do what not to do i want to give you a writing prompt the writing prompt for you is write what you think would be a poet's prayer whatever that looks like for you it could be 10 lines it could be 20 lines no more than 20 lines okay no more than 20 lines write your version of a poet's prayer thank you so much for listening Thank you so much for tuning in and until next week, right on y'all. Toodles.